right, you guys. So last week we talked about how God like uses your story and how important that is to have a story and to share your story and honestly to be very proud of your story because God has done a miraculous thing in your life. And so that's what we're doing. I'm going to share my testimony tonight. This is, I feel like you all know my, I'll know all, all of our voices so well, but this is Kylie and just kind of the story of like where God had me, where God took me, and hopefully where God is going, going to continue taking me. So I feel like our stories are very similar that I grew up in church, going to church. Like my family was a every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night type of family, but my parents were very, very, very involved in ministry. Uh, my dad was a deacon, eventually would become an elder. My mom was on staff, not like in, so, in any sort of like pastoral role, but she uh, was the janitor there. So we were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Wednesday night, <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, pretty regularly. And then I got to see both of my parents, like they did at home Bible studies. There's a point where my dad was like writing his own Bible studies and like taking it to people. They would go and they would meet with families in their homes. And I didn't, I hardly ever went to those because I was a kid and had better things to do with my life. Um, but I had a front row seat to what it looked like to live out the gospel. And so I had a lot of knowledge of who God was and what ministry looks like and, um, just loving people and something that I'm so, so thankful for. And as a teacher, I see a lot of kids that don't have the best home lives, but uh, guys, I have the best parents in the world. I'd love to dog on Robin and Jimmy, but they are, they are the dogs. <laughs> but something that they instilled in me from such a, a young age is discernment of the spirit to know like what being convinced and conveyed and convicted by the Holy Spirit looks like in that um, that I could trust that, that I could find peace and um, resolution in that. When I was eight years old, one of the other ministries my mom was is she was the one that filled the cups for communion. We restocked the crackers and refilled the juice, and I'm just eight, so I am over there, like, gobbling up the crackers and slamming back the juice. <laughs> and my mom was like, cut that out. I'm like, well, why? Like, it's just grape juice. And she's like, I get that you can have a cup of grape juice, but you need to understand what you're doing. You need to recognize that when we take this, we do this in remembrance of him, that this is Christ's body that represents the sacrifice that he did for us. And this is supposed to represent his blood that he shed willingly and lovingly for us. Pour yourself a cup, but don't be drinking from the little communion cups anymore. And I said, yes, mommy. <laughs> and so the next day, like I had a soccer game. We had gone to church in my little uniform. We had left church and we're on our way to the game. I played the game on our way home and I am just wrestling with that this idea that Jesus died for me that it's not just like a little fictional story it's not something that we say or that he figuratively died but he quite literally hung on a cross and experienced a brutal death out of love for me and so I just started talking to my parents about if he did that then like what what do I do like I believe that and they said, well, Kylie, like, he did that because he wants to have a relationship with you. And I'm like, oh, sign me up. Like, do I need to, do I go drink the juice again? Like, do I get <laughs> baptized now? And they said, no, like, you need to pray and confess that, like, you recognize who Jesus is, that he is the savior of the universe, that he is part of the trinity of who God is, that he came to earth, lived a perfect life, died, and was resurrected three days later, that he is God, the creator of the universe. And that you want to have a relationship with him going forward. I was like, 
cool. And so we did in the back of the truck, driving down the highway. I am just sitting there like praying with my parents that that's what I acknowledge and I recognize and that's what I want in my life. But I'm eight. So there is not a lot of change that goes on in my life because eight-year-olds don't need a whole lot of change. Um, at least not me. I was a little <laughs> angel, as y'all can imagine. And so I keep going on about my life, but um, now that I actually have the Holy Spirit in my life, I can start flexing those Holy Spirit muscles. And so I go to Sunday school and I pay attention and I really like put those scriptures in my heart and I'm learning and I'm excited to learn and I'm having all these conversations at home and that is a huge blessing. So many people only go to church and only hear about God at church. They don't get to hear it at home and a lot of us have been fortunate enough to hear it at home. Um, I was like in the fourth grade and our Sunday school teacher didn't show up so I would just teach Sunday school sometimes <laughs> if the teacher didn't show up and I had the best Sunday school answers because my parents were always talking about the Bible and reading the Bible and talking about what they were talking about with all the adults and I was just in the room. I joined the praise team whenever I was like 11 years old because I was just so excited and I don't think I was very good at 11 but I was excited about what God was doing so I wanted to be up there praising him with like the rest of our congregation years and years go by and outside of church God didn't really mean a whole lot to me he was just separate he was my guy at church and he was not outside of church and it didn't really become important and life-changing to me until I got into high school um not to just air all of my dirty laundry, but uh, I loved the bad words in high school. <laughs> and not to say that I haven't dabbled as an adult with those words. <laughs> but the difference is, is in high school, I found power and identity in using those juicy four-letter words. And I showed no difference between myself and my unsaved friends. And I had this one friend who I loved, and I still love, and I still see her, and she's a great friend. And she was like, Kylie, like, you don't spend the night on Saturday nights. Like, you go to church, but I don't, I don't get it. Like, what's the point? You're, you are wasting your life. And the way me and this friend were friends is we loved to yell at each other, not out of anger or spite or anything. Like, we were just two loud women. <laughs> and I can just vividly remember talking to her in her car about her terrible experiences at church and how the church had hurt her and how her the events in her life proved to her that God is not real but if he was he's not the God for her and me being so brokenhearted and having to tell her like I'm so sorry that I have done such a bad job at showing you who the real God is and moving forward I'm gonna do everything in my life to change that and um at the end of our conversation, she was more sad for me than I was for her. She was sad that, and I quote, was wasting my life on this Jesus thing. And I'm like, hey, okay. And 16, 17 year old me did not even have enough knowledge to tell her like scientifically how the Bible is proven. And it just so happened that that was a Wednesday night. I go to church and I remember sitting in our youth pastor's office with a dum-dum in my hand thinking if I have this sucker in my mouth I won't cry and just crying no words came out just and you can imagine how like uncomfortable that made him because we didn't talk a whole lot at this point and eventually I'm just like my best friend is gonna go to hell 
and I have done nothing since meeting her to change that and I don't know what to do and carrying that weight around rocked my world and not that I have this drastic change but that was the part where I realized I needed to start living out the gospel and if that meant that God had to take away some of those words and take away some of my music and take away some of my habits then that's what I was gonna do and over time like I just started changing and I should have been changing for God but in those first like few years I was changing for my friend because I was going to do everything in my power to make sure that she got to go to heaven and that's a very like guilt-ridden reason to be active for the gospel and probably not even the best reason why I was doing it but in that time that's what I was doing High school is over. She hasn't changed her mind, but I know that I planted all the seeds that I could. Um, and at the same time, like I was flexing those Holy Spirit muscles once again, that I was listening to the Spirit. I was reading my Bible. I was way more active in youth. It's when I started getting involved in y'all's lives and getting to know y'all and serving in church and all these things. And my life is just going on. And then I go to college and if you are a Christian who has not been to college or experienced college, it's kind of rough out there, <laughs> especially whenever you go to like a D1 pretty liberal university, like you need to be solid in who you are and who you put your faith into. And I was, I was out here flexing my Jesus muscles in class any chance that I had, um, this was right after the movie God's Not Dead had come out. So your girl was ready if I was going to have one of those professors or not. But in college, life really started changing in a couple ways. I had some of the most high highs and the truly some of the lowest lows in my life. Um, I had the opportunity to go on my first international mission trip. And I got to see how God is at work, not just in at my house and at my church and at my university and with my friends but God crazy enough is at work all across the world that every tribe every tongue every nation will glorify him and I got to get a glimpse of that the first time that I went to Panama it's where I decided to completely surrender my life over to missions and if that's international missions home missions school missions whatever I am all in it for the Lord and so I come back from this Jesus high and I'm living my life. I'm going through college and for me, college just was not it. I hated every second of it. I tell my students that I spent four long, miserable years going to college to prepare to teach them. And I meant it. They were four miserable years, but they were miserable because it seemed like Every six months, someone in my life, whether that be like an immediate relative, a family friend, a friend, they died. Just pop, 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 one right after another. <laughs> Go ahead, look, got, laugh. <laughs> it's, it's they love every time I get to the pop, 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 pops. They weren't shot like that. Yeah, they weren't shot by any means. But it just over and over again, like. My family just went through tragedy after tragedy after tragedy and it hurt so badly. And there were times that I'm like, I can't, I literally cannot keep doing this. Like it just was brutal, but that's not who God is. That's not who the gospel is. God promises, promises that there are going to be hard times and that he will be enough to get you through it. And something that like I really started to resent hearing growing up, like as an adult is that, God won't give you anything that you can't handle. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that is a load of baloney. He will give you way more than you can handle because you were meant to rely on him. And so now I started growing these new Holy Spirit muscles. I truly had to rely on him because I myself was not enough to get myself out of bed in the morning. I was not enough to show up to church or to do my homework or anything because I was just so overwhelmed with either grief or guilt or work or something else. It was just hard. But don't worry, the story continues to get better. The next year, I go right back to Panama and I get to meet um, all these people and I become really, really good friends with our translator and I go back to school, more bad things happen. The next year, I go back to Panama, still really good friends with our translator. I get to take my best friends in the world with me and we all go to Panama and we have this life-changing experience that bonds us together and gives y'all this podcast today. That's (laughs) a real fast forward of the story, Um, but... Even if nobody in Panama's life was changed, which I believe that there were several seeds planted, several salvations proclaimed during the three years that I got to go there. Something that changed is I truly became really good friends with our translator there. And so a couple years later, I'm still living in the pit because people are still dying in my life and work still sucks and going to college still sucks. But I get a call from her and she invites me and another friend to come visit her in her home country in Costa Rica. That there is a world mission summit happening at their church and there will be missionaries from Asia and Europe and Africa, South America and from the United States. And that she has seen what God has done in our life as far as like wanting to be active in missions and that we should come. I'm like, oh, absolutely, brother, we'll be there. We go and it's incredible because you get to hear about how God is moving all across the world, not just the places that like I have been, but I get to meet people from, you guessed it, Oklahoma City, which is near where I live. And they're like, hey, you're going to school to be a teacher. You have a degree. Here's how God can use you. There's an opportunity for you to go and be a culture and language ambassador in the country of Spain. And it's safe because you're going to have a paid job while you're there. You get to practice living on mission and you get to practice being a teacher. Sounds pretty great. I'm like, ah, yes and amen. And I get on the plane. I come back home and in the car, I look at my friend and go, I'm moving to Spain. That was a little bit of a joke because I already knew I was too scared to do that. So I fill out the application. I do all the stuff. I never hit send. And then I go to church and I tell everybody, I've just really been praying about it. And God wants me to go to Spain. And I get all of this delicious attention from people (laughs) thinking I'm going to move to Spain for the Lord. I knew I wasn't going because I never hit submit. But I like the attention because that's who I am to my core. And... Unfortunately, God did not think that was very funny of me, and I end up getting a call from like this ambassador in Spain saying like, "Hey, we saw that you started this um application. You meet all the qualifications and we would really really like to have you. Do you think you want to go?" Okay, God, first you give me this opportunity in a foreign country. I fill it out and I don't hit send and I've been lying to all these people that I'm going. I will I will say yes. And so I do. I accept the position. I moved to Spain. I lived there for almost a year. And I get to represent America to these Spanish students. But for me, what America is, is not just the 
home of the brave, it is, amen, amen. <laughs> it is a place where I met God. Not because that's who America is, but that's, I'm from America and that was my experience. And so everything that we did, they would say, oh, like, oh, Miss Kylie, what do you do? Oh, I go to church. Let me tell you all about it. Oh, like, how did you learn to read? Oh, I read the Bible. Let me, let me read the Bible to you. <laughs> um, well, what are you like, what do you memorize? Oh, I memorize these Christian songs. Let me sing them with you. And over and over again, I got to go into these schools and talk about God and talk about my religion because that was my culture. And then the pandemic happened and I had to flee the country and it was so scary. Um, and God was faithful and brought me home through canceled flights through, I had to leave my apartment at like midnight by myself, not knowing how to speak very much Spanish. So as I have like all of my luggage and I'm trying to get to the bus stop and it's midnight and the police are like stopping me, telling me like, you need to go back into your apartment. I'm like, listen, dude, I have two three suitcases and a backpack and a blanket with me no hablo espanol soy de estados unidos trying to go back to mi casa in estados unidos and i just keep walking and god protects me in that and gets me on the bus and i get on the bus and then they start turning people away from the bus because they're only allowing the first half to board and then i get to the airport and i have to sit in the airport for 24 hours because they weren't loading my flight yet because I was there a day early because I couldn't get another bus and it was just insane and God got me through it God got me home and I did not catch the Kobe 19 from it and so now I'm home I know y'all are like this girl can really talk but now I'm home <laughs> it's 2020 and I have to figure out like what's my life gonna look like now and I enjoy the heck out of the pandemic because all my friends just hang out the whole time and now it's September, schools are starting back again. I apply to work at the school in my town and they're like, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll just be poor. And I work at a produce stand over the summer and that was fun. And I am just bopping around going to church and sharing my experiences with people. Eventually I do get hired on to work at the school that I'm working at now. And I love almost every single second of it and I get to talk about talk to kids about history and geography and most importantly I get to share the gospel with them and what that looks like and during all of this like I am very involved and plugged into my local church serving with the youth and loving them and being silly and worshiping with them and just doing a whole lot of different aspects of ministry with them I go on other mission trips and experience a ton more highs and a ton more lows and I don't need to give out every single story about my um testimony but the thing that is so incredible to me and the thing that I love to tell people about is if God had only done one of those things if all God did was keep me alive when I was at my lowest God would be enough God would be worth my praise and my admiration if all God did was allow my parents to trust me to go to a foreign country and get on a plane when they had never been on a plane and a little throwback my dad didn't want me to go to Panama because and I quote gorillas don't negotiate <laughs> yeah I don't know if y'all remember that but he that. he was scared I was gonna get kidnapped by a gorilla my first year and gorillas don't negotiate and I went there and I bought a carved um, coconut in the shape of a gorilla with a police baton and I gave it to him <laughs> the most perfect gift ever Truly. 
But God had to work in their lives to let me even go. And if that was all he had done in my life up to this point, that is enough of him being worthy of my praise and my admiration. But he just continues to work in my life. And now I am 27 and I have all of these stories of what God has done in my life. Some that I mean, I've shared a lot now at this point. Um, And we get to have this podcast where people who I've never met before and hopefully a lot of people I have met before listening (laughs) and that I get to again like proclaim his name and I get some opportunities to teach at my church and I lead a bible study with girls that are 16 to 20 and it's just incredible and I've spent a lot of time talking about myself and what I really really hope is coming across is that I'm not talking about myself I'm talking about all the things that God has done in my life Because if it wasn't for God, I would just be a girl with a bad mouth and a bad attitude that does a lot of bad things sometimes. But I have, I know who God is, not just who he is and what he's capable of, but I have a intimate relationship with the creator of the universe and that changes me. That changes, that restores all the bad things that I've done, makes me whole and allows any good deed that I do to be reflective of him. And I have got to meet a lot of incredible people that have discipled me and shown me how to do better and how to be better. And I am hoping that I get to do that for the people on the other side of me, the people that are younger than me or less experienced than me. But at the end of the day, like that's that's the story that God has worked out in my life. It sounds incredible because I've gotten to travel. I've gone to six different seven different countries all of them to proclaim the gospel that's not me god did that like that that ain't me (laughs) i would not have ever gotten on a plane if it had been all about me um god took my circumstances and my identity and my brokenness and my sadness and my award-winning personality he (laughs) used them for his glory and i am just so thankful and better because of it well That is uh, me, myself, and I, and I'm just so happy to get to share this with you guys. Not, again, not because I'm special or worth anything, but God is just so good in my life, and God is hopefully doing so good in your life, and if he's not, we want to talk to you about that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and hope to see you next week.